Hello and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. So my voice heads up is a little bit hoarse and I'm a very stuffed up. I was, I'm recording this on a Monday. I was supposed to record this on last Friday and then my throat was just no bueno. I couldn't do it without coughing every like five seconds. And Saturday, Sunday, I was laid up on the couch pretty much all day watching like BBC remakes of Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman and just generally just chilling on the on the couch and then napping. So anyways, please just excuse the nasaliness. Um, I don't talk like this all the time if you've heard other episodes. So heads up on that. So anyways, now that that's out of the way, this week's episode will build upon last week's episode titled Stop Belittling Yourself in Your Efforts, where I touched upon how naming my inner voice and looking at her as an archetype helped me silence her a little bit and feel just generally more compassion toward what she was trying to accomplish when she was overly negative or placed doubts in my mind. And I'm hoping that you won't think it's weird that I've named my voice in my head and you'll find some value in it. And that thinking of your inner voice slash inner critic as an archetype will help you identify what its goals are, its personality, its fears, and just generally feel more compassion towards it when it gets, you know, really loud and it's hard to ignore. So without further ado, and with lots of cough drops and tea, let's get into today's episode. So a little backstory, I'm a part of this group that I found the um, through the awesome 12th House podcast from Holisticism. If you remember, um, if you've listened to previous episode, I was talking about it a little bit where my friend told me about the 12th House podcast and I've been, I was binging it for like months. Um, anyway, they talked about it in an earlier episode. Anyways, through this group, I found a really awesome woman named JJ, aka Jillian Fior, which I guess I realized I should have asked her how to pronounce her last name. Um, it's Jillian, J-I-L-L-I-A-N, and Fiore, F-I-O-R-E. I'll have her link and all her information and everything that I mentioned too, like holisticism and all that type of stuff. I'll list that in the show notes for this episode or this episode show notes. And it'll go out to bareminimumbabe.com slash post slash whatever I'm calling this episode. I'll figure that out later. (laughs) Anyways, she was looking for people, this JJ, she was looking for people to help her as part of her research group so she could finish her master's degree And as part of the project, she found a group of people and we would connect with her for certain sessions throughout the month that she was kind of doing this study. Um, And some of the sessions were archetypes, um, felt sense, meditation, things like that. Um, And if you're not into like woo-woo stuff, quote unquote, that's totally fine for context. This woman was amazingly kind and smart and has a master's degree from Columbia and works at Google. And not that she needs any of that like kind of validation next to her name, but in case you're like, oh, she's just waving crystals around. She's not. She's great. She's really smart. Trust and believe. Okay. Her link and info is all going to go in this episode show notes if you want to check her out too. So anyways, during one of these sessions, we were talking about just kind of general stuff and issues and blah, blah, and um, more stuff I might go into later episodes. But basically the point for this episode is the naming your inner voice. Um, And I said that I felt like I was overly controlling because of um, like childhood stuff and that I had no real control over things because they were chaotic. And so now I overcompensate. But I hate that about myself because I realized a few years ago that this was probably causing a lot of my anxious feelings. Um, like I was causing a lot of my own anxiety issues by overthinking, over planning, like doing all the things, trying to control everything, things you can't really control. Um, and this kind of came up when we were doing a felt sense exercise where basically it's very meta, stay with me, but it's like a meditation where the facilitator basically helps you become more aware of what you're feeling in your body. So instead of just kind of relaxing your body and trying to like transcend somewhere else, which I can't really seem to do, it's more like 
when you're in that state or like when you're actually like calm and not thinking, trying to trying your best not to think about anything else, like where in your body you're feeling certain things, like where in your body you're feeling certain emotions and, and when you're in certain situations. So instead of just trying to meditate, you focus on where you feel certain things in your body and you actually kind of stop to listen and question your body's feelings a bit more. So for me during this session, um, I felt like I was being overly critical, trying to control stuff or like in a deep focus, I tend to clench my brow. Um, it's in a way that you can't really see. Like when I told JJ, I was doing it, it was over zoom, by the way, when I told her I could feel it, she was like, I can't really tell. Like, you know, when you like, you can see someone for fur their brow. I was, it's not like a fur on my brow situation. It's like a back of my muscle, like back of my forehead, clenching my brow, but like, you can't like, I'm not furrowing and I'm just like clenching it. <laughs> So uh, you can't really tell. It just makes me look serious. I don't know how to explain it, but there's a general tenseness right before my, my forehead, like behind my eyes, behind my forehead. Like even now as I'm like, when I was writing these show notes, I like, it's when I'm concentrating too. So anytime I'm trying to like focus, focus or like control, there's like a tenseness there. And so we decided that there is, we, we decided that there's a part of me that's very amped up version of control and she tends to live behind my forehead essentially and tense it up much like in my mind this is what I was visioning it's kind of like if you've seen the um the Disney and Pixar movie Inside Out where all the little girls I think her name is Riley it's where all the little girls emotions are behind a control panel and they're sorting her memories into certain categories like happy and sad and disgust or whatever and like joy is leading the pack until she starts going through puberty and then like sadness tries to take over Anyways, it's a really cute movie. You should, you should watch it if you hadn't, haven't seen it. But that's what I was picturing. We realized that Diana is what I named her, essentially. I mentioned this last episode, but because in my mind, she was like trying to control everything and she was very in control of her emotions and um, trying to be more stoic, essentially, um, and trying to control everything. So I named her Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman's like real person name is Diana it's a factor I named her Diana, we realized that Diana was basically an archetype of what I want to be like essentially when I'm, when I want to be in control for breaking it down more simply. An archetype is a very typical example of a certain person or thing because it has all of their most important characteristics. And it's kind of almost like a stereotype. Um, it's not exactly a stereotype, but just kind of for the idea of figuring out what it is. So when you think of like a caregiver or a hero or an outlaw or an innocent, et cetera, you probably mentally see a picture of these roles and traits they typically exhibit. And they're probably made up from like what you see in movies and books and things like that. So there's typical kind of story arcs in certain genres, for example, like there's always like a certain type of person and certain type of genres. It's kind of what defines the genre essentially. So my naming the voice and the tensions on my forehead was me putting a name and face to the quote unquote ruler archetype. And I linked more about the ruler archetype in the episode notes if you wanted to see it. But overall, its core desire is to control and they seek to prevent chaos by taking control with essentially the goal of stability. So where at its best, it's confident and polished and responsible. And at its worst, it's over controlling and cold, which perfectly describes what my Diana was and what I was trying to portray because of, like I said, my issues as a child and lack of control and like I mentioned before, and I would create my own rules and a sense of order because I didn't have that before and I wanted that. So I created my own rules of what was acceptable to show and do in the world to not be in that chaos because I didn't want to be in that chaos, essentially. Diana wants to keep me safe from harm, both physical and emotional. She doesn't want me to embarrass myself or to get hurt. 
and Diana comes out most hardcore um, when I'm trying something new or in a new position. For example, there's one that I know was like really bad. I had to like kind of like yell at myself, be like, this is enough. Um, when COVID started to reopen, I don't know what the right correct phrasing is because COVID's still around, but it's not as big as it was. Anyways, all I work in a cover band, right, as a singer. And a lot of the venues started to reopen after like, I don't know, two years after COVID was kind of like not as much a thing anymore. So I hadn't been doing live shows prior to that. Um, well, I mean, I had been, but it had been like that point two years. Um, and when we started going back out again, I, every gig I was, especially, I was also with a new band and like trying new songs and blah, 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 all the things. Right. I was very anxious and I would go over lyrics and timing for like an hour or so before each show. I'd like listen to the songs I wasn't sure of on the car ride, the entire car ride. Um, and then I would get to the show really early and make a ton of show notes, right? Like basically the lyrics out, blah, blah, blah. And really just generally making it a miserable, anxious time for myself. And like, don't get me wrong. I don't regret practicing a lot and making sure that I had things as right as possible. But to the anxious degree that I was doing it at like every show for like months was way too much. Um, and I realized I needed to shut that down and I needed to be able to move on from mistakes quicker on stage because like previously, like I would mess up, right? Like everyone messes up. You just, a lot of times can't tell when someone's on stage. And that's what I also realized. But anyways, when I would mess up, um, like I would mess up like lyrics and it wasn't a much lyrics. It was more like timing. Cause lyrics, you can kind of fumble through. It's like the timing. If you mess up the timing of the song, then it's going to be messed up. But if you just fumble a lyric or you like repeat a lyric, like it's whatever. Most people don't really pay attention. Most people don't know the words anyways, for most of the songs. Um, Diana would like scream in my head. They all know you messed up, get your crap together and focus. You just like scream, focus, focus, focus to me the entire time. And then she would like continue to berate me into the next song, which would then lead me to doubt myself during the next song. And then I mess up again. And I would just generally like feel and look uncomfortable because in my head, I wasn't actually there. I wasn't in a flow and I couldn't let go and move on from the previous mess up. Like her yelling at me to focus was actually creating more issues because I, I couldn't get in that flow. And I was just kind of ruminating mistakes instead of just like taking a note to look at it and then like prevent it for next time. I was letting it essentially like bleed into the next song. Um, and so and that was, wasn't because I hadn't prepared. It was because mistakes happen essentially. Like, and this happened earlier on in the shows and stuff like that, but like eventually I, I was fine. I don't really make, I mean, I do make mistakes now, but they're less like, oh my God, you made a mistake. And I'm like, ah, whoops, next song, like next part. Like it doesn't really matter. And I realized that too, but, um, I realized that like, it just was making me in a not happy place and it wasn't, it wasn't because I hadn't prepared. It was because I was just anxiously doing stuff that I didn't need to do beforehand. And that was making me in an anxious state generally. And this was all around me trying to control the outcome essentially. But like, it wasn't helping that I was like furiously prepping before each show while like the bandmates were like chilling and not at all concerned. So I looked kind of crazy and unnecessary. And essentially I just needed to trust myself that I had done the work and I did know what I was doing. And like I said, if I did mess up on stage, most times it was completely unnoticeable to the audience and really didn't impact the show at all, especially if you like kept moving with a good attitude, like everything was fine. And it was all in my head and Diana was just yelling at me to grab back the control is where I was spiraling out of control, ironically. This example of me on stage singing is just an example of Diana yelling at me. It's just one of the ways that Diana would come out of this ruler archetype and this kind of sense of control. But she was in the control room with me 
in every other facet of my life as well, because what I had decided I wanted to value based on my life experiences and I valued control, responsibility and success because I had seen and experienced the opposite of these things and what they could bring in my life. And I didn't want that. So that ruler archetype that I've named Diana in my head really needed to reign in control because that's what I valued. And that's how I, that's what I thought would bring me those things is the the sense of control. I thought it would bring me responsibility and success and just generally control over my life. Like I control it. This is in my control. And I, I know it's nobody else's fault, but me. And I like bear the weight of that. And I still don't want the opposite of the control responsibility and success. But now that I've had these kind of realizations and I had the session with JJ, like I mentioned earlier in this episode and just kind of the epiphany of what letting Diana take control and keep control over me was doing in the anxiety and stress and worry and judgment. It was creating, I no longer wanted to let her rule over me the way that she had been for years. So Diana and the ruler archetype have been kind of ruling over me for the past, like, I don't know, a decade. And at this point she served her purpose at the main control deck, kind of like inside out where joy is like kind of being, having to like let sadness take the reins in a way. Like, she served her purpose and now it's cool if she eases up on some duties and she can trust that I prepared and I know what I'm doing. And if I mess up, it's okay because it's 99.9% of the time it's not life or death. <laughs> like most things are not life or death. And the same thing I mentioned in last week's episode, stop belittling yourself and your efforts episode 14 about that inner voice needing to feel safe and that it can trust you to keep it from harm. It just is the best you can. It's just so important. And so when I put a name and face to this inner critic and the ruler archetype in my head, I became better able to understand what her purpose was and what her concerns were and how to best calm her down, basically. And like for this onstage example with the cover band gig, she's mostly gone away because it's at this point muscle memory. Um, and I can trust myself to be OK now because I've done it like hundreds of times. Like, it's fine. She doesn't need to feverishly like freak out before you'd show going over lyrics and timing because I know the songs like I can hit all the notes I know the lyrics it'll be fine like even if I don't remember the like if I kind of like blank for the first like lyric as long as I keep it going and even if I like repeat the first verse and the second verse like have them be the same verse like like yeah my bandmates will know and they'll make a joke about it but like it will not mess up the song at all and most people won't notice because number one they don't care number two they're probably like a little inebriated and they definitely don't care. And number three, nobody knows the song. And if they do, they'll be like, oh. And then they'll just kind of pass out because they don't care because generally everything else is great and they won't pay attention to it. And it doesn't happen every show, for example, but that's the point. Like nobody dies. Like it doesn't actually matter. And so in this one part of my life, for example, I've definitely gotten her to take a nap essentially while I'm on stage for this couple hours because I realize like I've done the work, like I've prepped for it. If I make a mistake, it's because like other circumstances, like maybe I was watching somebody else ask me for a song. And because of that, I wasn't like mentally prepping like the five seconds before this song. So I blanked on the first lyric. But as long as I get the timing right, everything's cool. It does not matter. But like I said, she still shows up in other parts of my life that I've been hurt or I'm like unsure of or when I'm trying something new, because it means I previously didn't have that control. And if I'm trying something new, like if I'm trying something new, or if I've been hurting it before, then I obviously don't know what I'm doing in order to keep that control in order. And so it's kind of impossible because I just don't know how to do it. So when I mentioned like in last week's episode, it's been helpful for me to kind of realize that's what's happening is that that's why Diana is showing up is because I don't know what I'm doing or because I've been hurt or unsure about it before. And so she's just trying to protect me from that hurt again. 
And so it's been helpful for me to ask, why is she showing up? Like, why is she showing up and taking over? What is she trying to protect me from? And what does she want me to do to protect myself in this instance? Like, what is she doing? Like, what kind of tactics is she using to protect me from harm? And realizing the answers to these questions in any situation, it's neither good nor bad. And I don't need to do anything based on this information. It's just good to ask the information and make more informed actions and decisions like knowing this information. Diana always wants to be in control. That ruler archetypes always wants to be in control. And she's always on and she's trying to run the machine. But it's okay just to be. And it's okay to do things without expectation. And it's okay to put yourself out there without any expectation. And this is what I have to keep repeating myself again and again and again. That I don't need to control everything because Diana, the ruler archetype, has been in my head ruling everything in the last decade plus. She's told me that I need to control everything. I need to have a plan. I need to kind of have like measurable things. And you can't, you can't measure everything and you sometimes don't have a plan. And besides the fact that I can't really control most things and it's an control is an illusion anyways, like not trying to be like hippy dippy of like times a construct of man, which it is, but like you can't control most things. And so I was just giving myself the illusion that I could, which, which is part of the anxiety is that I can't. And so when things didn't go in according to plan or like I couldn't control it, I just became anxious because I can't control things. It was just silly. So besides the fact that I can't really control most things, having her take the reins constantly at this point, like no longer serves me. And I have other tools and characters slash archetypes that help me in a more balanced way. Like this podcast, for example, like back a couple months ago when I first was kind of like talking about it, my husband asked me what the end goal is for it. And I didn't really have an answer other than I wanted to do it. And I kept kind of having it in my mind to do something like this. And so I wanted to try it. And if I no longer wanted to do it, I can stop because it's my podcast. Who cares? Like, I don't have to keep doing something because I said I was going to keep doing it. Like, I can change my mind. And so, like, I don't want to, like, pull back and, like, that's my concern, honestly, is, like, with myself realizing this Diana ruler archetype is, like, okay, I realized she was controlling everything. And that's what I love to do was to control and plan because that's what I thought would get me to where I wanted and then just like being like okay bye Diana and then being like let's just try the like the flowy way and then I don't do anything and that's kind of like what I'm trying to struggle with now is like okay what's the happy medium between like over planning and letting like everything try to be under control and too much planning versus like I don't know let's just see what comes from the day like there's a happy medium and I need to find that but own me letting Diana, like I would have let Diana take over and I would have made big goals and plans for monetization and marketing. But like, now I know that won't serve me because I don't really know what I want this to be. And like, I don't know, like, I'm just doing it because I like it right now. And that's okay. Like it won't serve me to let her take over and do that because letting her take over and badger me for these answers won't help. And it will make this podcast kind of a chore instead of something I find fun to do. Like it'll become something that I've just created to do for myself because I'm trying to reach a goal based on something that I wanted to do for fun to begin with if that makes sense so it's taking the fun out and creating a goal around something that didn't necessarily even need to have a goal at some point and I'm not saying I won't think of these things later or I won't do planning later and I'm obviously planning now because I plan out the episodes I have to have things done at a certain time to get out every Tuesday you know like I'm not saying I'm not planning at all it's just I'm just saying at this current moment it won't serve me to do so and trying to control something that I'm not even sure where it will go kind of closes off doors I might not have even known were there. And I want to personally swing more on the side of letting things be more free-flowing because I'm tired of Diana taking over and the stress that she brings me. 
Like she for sure served me and got things done, but I don't really like that version of myself that much, honestly. And after realizing she was basically formed as a coping mechanism for past trauma, it made and still makes more sense to instead work through those issues instead of using that coping mechanism. Like it makes more sense to keep working through those issues to make her feel safe that she can let go that I don't need to have that strong reign on control as much anymore. Like I'm okay. As a side note, I wrote a decent chunk of this episode in that same coffee shop from last week's episode with my giant burst of inspiration. And when I started writing and thinking about Diana and the reason for her being there, I had to keep pausing because I kept like tearing up and I prefer not to be crying in a public coffee shop with like an emotional weirdo trying to like type on a weird typing device just generally being a weirdo. But this episode and all that I've shared about Diana with me was essentially telling myself what I needed to hear. And I was telling the little Diana in the back of my head that it's okay. And this goes for you too. Like whatever archetype tends to take over too strong for you, like this can be like the same thing for you. Like my example is just Diana and and the ruler slash control archetype because that's what I realized I valued. And so that's what I was letting kind of take over as a coping strategy. But essentially you can kind of say that to yourself too. Like you can let go of the controls every now and then, like whatever that is for you, let go of whatever that is every now and then. And I know that that archetype and that, that voice is there for a reason because this is me not talking to Diana. Like I know you're there for a reason and I needed you for so long, but I don't need you as much anymore. You can let go a little, like we're safe now. You don't have to control everything I say and then overthink every conversation, like worrying if I push people away, if people like me, if I look stupid, like you can't control everything because like I could say something that seems really smart. Like if I was an example, like I could just say something, half the people I was talking to would think I'm like super cool and half the people would think I'm totally annoying. Like you can't win everybody. And so you literally like, regardless of what you do, you can't control everything. So I love the system that my ruler archetype and Diana and the voice in my head built for me to survive my life experiences essentially. But like, it's okay to let go a little and let someone else, another archetype, another voice kind of step up and ease back. Like I said, with the inside out thing too, like when joy is trying to control everything and make everything a happy memory, it's kind of, it was belittling the memory and kind of what the actual child was feeling because she didn't want to classify things as a negative emotion, what she viewed as a negative emotion. But sadness isn't always a negative emotion things are like multifaceted so when sadness kind of like I can't remember the exact scene but like when she hugs Riley and like kind of like lets her feel her feelings it was more validating than it was for Joy to try to force Joy upon Riley in that situation you have to see the movie to know what I'm talking about it's a really nice movie makes you feel all the feels but essentially it's like a really good metaphor for what I'm talking about is like things aren't black and white they're not like just one-sided like you Like there's reasons for the things that you do. Like it's a system you build because it helps you get through stuff. Like it's all just kind of a coping device for that. And it's based on whatever you value. And regardless, like sometimes it, it comes out a little bit too much. And so it's okay to let it ease back, basically make it feel safe for whatever it is that it's trying to do, make it feel safe in that way. For me, like I said, it's control. So me saying to it, like my Diana being like, I practice, I know what I'm doing. Like you don't have to take over every point. It's okay if I don't know what I'm doing every time. Like it's not life or death. Like it's totally fine if I quote unquote fail at something. Like I'm not going to die. Like no, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be fine. We'll be safe either way. You help me like build something safe. You can take a break. Like you can take holidays. It's cool. So, you know, like when it gets a little too loud, that voice that's kind of like 
whatever that is for you, that's kind of negative talking of like, you'll look this or like, they'll think this about you. Whatever your fear is based on your experiences, you can tell that archetype or voice in your head be like, thank you, but like walk away for an hour. I can hear you shouting how you're worried people won't, you know, for me, for example, like people won't care about the reel I just posted or the latest episode, but blah, blah, blah. I'm going to post it anyways, because I want to share it and it might help somebody else. Like, don't worry about that typo. People can think you're stupid. I know I'm not stupid. I know I had the best intentions. Like it's whatever. And if they can't see past a typo, then like, I don't like that's on them. Like I obviously know how to spell something like hopefully. And even if I didn't, like I still have the best intention, who cares? Like I don't need as much validation anymore. And to appear as I'm responsible and control because I know that I'm okay. Like I don't need that as much anymore. Like she can chill out. So whatever that is for you, you can do that too. After that, a little emotional pep talk I gave myself circling back, you play and act out archetypes as well. It's essentially, like I said, just roles that you play in life. So for example, just kind of look at the roles that you generally play in your life. It's kind of like what you would classify yourself as. Like I play out the mother, the wife. I'm like, what a the stage. Cause I try to help others with like random knowledge I've accumulated on this podcast, for example. And I'm like the creator when I write and sing and do anything creative. Like I create something, even if it's just like creating a social post, you're like a creator. And there's lots of other roles that I play and step into and out of. But these are the ones like I know, for example, that I like being. And so if you're interested, look up the archetypes and just like Google archetypes and like, what is my archetype? And like all the, like you'll Google will know what you're talking about and it'll show you like, it'll creep on stuff and it'll be like, Oh, here's other stuff you want. So you'll find multiple other ones that you step into and out of and how they best serve you. Like I said, um, in previous episodes, for example, the hero's journey, not to be cliche and lame, but like you're the hero in your own story. Like, you're the hero in your story. You are the hero's journey in your story. And like, you're the main, like, you know, like the TikTok, you're the main character, you're the main, like, the, you know, and for example, also you've played and you probably continue to play the role of a child, especially when your parents are around, which is why, especially during holidays, when we're around family, we step into previous versions of ourselves because we're stepping into the version that we play in our family dynamic and then emotions are heightened and then just like family drama and blah, blah, blah. And it's often not who we want to be anymore because we realize it didn't serve us. But in that dynamic, we step back into that role because it's what our role was. And so you have to basically make a conscious choice not to play it. And then that creates like a weird situation where like they don't know what your role is. And then you're trying to figure out what your role is in that dynamic. So like I said, archetypes are basically masks that we wear characters. We step into at various points of our lives and they can repeat or show up at various stages too. Like just because for example, just because I'm telling Diana my ruler archetype to chill out because she's been chilling there like hardcore for like 10 years, it doesn't mean she won't reappear later in, or even just a couple days from now, just in a different way, not in the way I told her to go away, like making the podcast episode, for example, she might appear somewhere else in another facet of my life, but she'll be a little less hardcore and she'll just become less and less hardcore. But basically she's safe for me. Like I know her. Like she knows how to help me in her own way because she's been helping me, even though I don't love the way that she's helping me now that I know how she's helping me in kind of sometimes a over controlling kind of destructive, anxious manner. It's still safe for me to go back to her because I'm comfortable in that, in that mask. Basically I'm comfortable in being over controlling and over planning. So I know she'll come back and I fully recognize it because that's my safe spot when I'm feeling hurt or out of control that's always been my safe spot is to go to her and try to regain control 
regardless of the backlash that she then provides with that. So the challenge this week is to figure out where you feel that tension in yourself when you hear that inner voice telling you that you can't do something or nobody cares or you're an imposter or whatever it is that often repeats in your net, your head is a negative feeling. Is it in your chest? Is it a tightness in your throat, sweating of your palms? Mine, like I said, is a tension behind my forehead. This is where my Diana pose up and takes command. For me, Diana is trying to control everything in order to keep me safe. The way that I feel safe based on my life experiences to have control because the opposite of that is chaos and I don't want to live in chaos. So where are you feeling it and what is yours trying to keep you safe from? What more hurt is it trying to prevent? Tell her the things that she wants to hear, address her concerns and help her feel safe. Thank you so much for having me in your ears for another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. Thank you for listening to me and my sick voice. It's been, had a couple of coughing fits through the, through the recording of this and I had to keep pausing. So hopefully they're not bad. Um, I edited it all out, but anyways, thank you for having me in your ears despite that. And, um, I hope that this episode was helpful for you in some way. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You think it could also be helpful or enjoyable too. And that it maybe made you think of your inner voice in a different way, that your inner voice isn't bad or good. It just is. And it sometimes is just an overhyped version of something you value because it really wants, it's, it's basically just like a really extreme version of what you value and naming it and putting a face to it and kind of giving it like human characteristics helps you have more compassion for it and figure out what it wants and just generally help you maneuver through it and realize like, how is this serving me? How is it not serving me? Maybe something I'm realizing this, like maybe I want something else to take over a little bit more. Like when I realized Diane was just emblem of control, I realized like the thing I most value in people, like the thing I'm drawn to and like, for example, my friends, they tend to be like the opposite of me with the control and more like free flowing and like, Oh yeah, it'll be great. And I really value that because I, I struggle with that so much to just let go and so I was searching for somebody to balance that, but I can help balance myself essentially by being like, okay, chill out. It's not a big deal. So just essentially having more compassion for your inner voice and what it's trying to help you do, help you prevent all the things. Anyways, if you like this episode, like I said, please pass it with a friend. And if you want, leave a five-star review. It would really mean so much to me. So hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll be in your ears next week. Toodles.